It's so good to be with my family. <laughs> Pray with me one more time before I start talking. Let's talk to God first. God, I thank you. Thank you for all you do, all you've done for us, and thank you for who you are. We praise you. God, we invite you again. Holy Spirit, fill this place, fill us. Take this time, fill my mouth with your words only. Holy Spirit, come and move and have your way and be glorified, be lifted high in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I missed you all. It's so good to see you. I feel like a missionary itinerating right now. <laughs> like I came back after being away for so long. It's so good to be with you. I wish I could tell you all the details about the time that I was gone. It would take nine months. And also, <laughs> I have some confidentiality rules, so I can't tell you everything. But I can give you a few praise reports. So rejoice with me. Because the most important thing, three soldiers got saved this spring in South Korea. Praise God. Three people are serving God now. Their lives have changed so completely, and it was such a blessing for me to be able to see that change. And thank you for supporting all of us and for praying for us, because we don't do it alone. The Bible says, how are they going to hear if no one preaches, and how is anyone going to preach if they don't get sent? Yep. So thank you. My brothers and sisters, we do it together. We're a family. I can also tell you that so many spiritual things were going on, so many strongholds were broken in Jesus' name. Demonic things were broken in Jesus' name. People's lives were changed and God moved. God moved and it was all him. I can tell you, <laughs> I dealt with so much insomnia and migraines and things like I have never dealt with before. I, I know none of it was me. None of it happened because I was there. It was all God. He worked powerfully in wonderful ways, incredible ways. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. We even had people who weren't saved. People of very different religions coming to chapel and hearing the word of God, hearing the truth about who God is spoken clearly to them seeing what worship looks like, what a Christian life looks like. So seeds were planted, and I believe that more is going to happen too, because our God works, and he does his work well. Amen. Amen. So thank you again for your prayers, and please keep on praying. Keep praying for soldiers. Keep praying for South Korea. Keep praying for all of us. Um, I have one announcement, and that is that our chapel has grown so much, We've decided we're changing from the Wednesday night studies that we used to do, and we're going to have full Sunday morning services, just, just like a normal Sunday service. Praise God. This is a good thing because things have grown and because God is moving. I am still going to be in Washington. You are still always my family. You will always be my family. Nick, of course, is going to help and come along and, and be with me. So we won't be seeing you every Sunday anymore, and we will miss you, but we will still be around, and we love you. So let's keep praying for each other. Yeah. All right, when I prayed about this sermon, it was a lot like the last time, if you remember. I, 
I was waiting for so long for God to tell me what you needed to hear. And God kept leading me to one verse. He kept leading me to 1 Thessalonians 4.18, which says, encourage them with these words. So I think God knows you guys need some encouragement today. His truth never changes. I know you already know it, but I'm going to remind you again and encourage you in the Lord. Paul writes to the Thessalonians about a couple different things. And the very first thing is that Jesus lives. Be encouraged, people. Your God lives. He is alive. Yeah, it happened 2,000 years ago. We've known it. You might have been in church all your life. You know that that is true. But be encouraged just as much today. It is just as powerful. It is just as meaningful. God is alive. Jesus lives. He died for our sins, and he paid the price already. Death is conquered. I love that verb tense. It is right now already taken care of and done with. Death is conquered, and our God lives. Jesus used the same tense. When he died, when he paid for our sins, just before he gave up his spirit, he said, it is finished. I love that. It is already right now done with. It is accomplished. It's fulfilled, concluded. It's completed. It's done with. Death is dead. It's finished. And that same word, the Greek word that, that you'll find in John 19 is tetelestai, which I'm probably butchering, but the root means to end. And it's the same word that James writes in the first chapter of his letter. He says that we should even count trials joy. Count it all joy. Because it's the testing of your faith that produces perseverance. And when we let that, when we let God, when we let perseverance have its full work in us, we'll be mature and complete. Complete. Lacking nothing. It's done. We will be complete because what Jesus did is complete. The work that he did is completed. He has already paid for our sins. We don't work for it. Jesus already did it. Be encouraged, Christians. <laughs> be encouraged. He died for our sins, but he also rose. He isn't dead. He is alive. Jesus lives, and we can rejoice because of that. And not only that, let's keep going. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. Wherever it is. 1 Corinthians 4, or 1 Thessalonians 4, sorry. Uh, 16 through 18. It says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive, and our left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. He's coming back. And he's coming for us. He's coming for you and me. We're not going to be here in this world forever trying to count everything <laughs> such a struggle as joy. <laughs> there is more for us. God promises. He promises to his people, to you and to me. He's coming back for us. There is hope. There is hope for us. And biblical hope is so different. 
I know you know this, but let me remind you, earthly hope just says, I hope someday that might happen. Maybe, maybe eventually. There's no guarantee with earthly hope, but biblical hope is so different. It's completely different because it's based on God's love. It's based on who God is. So it is concrete. It is certain. Biblical hope will happen because if God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. It's God's love that guarantees our hope. Let's go to Romans 5 really quick. Romans chapter 5. I'm actually going to start a verse earlier. The last verse of chapter 4 says that Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins and raised to life for our justification. And therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. It's God's love poured into us that guarantees that hope. And his hope doesn't change. If God says it, he will do it. If God was good in the past, he will be good in the future. He was faithful then, he will still be faithful now. Always, you can count on it. It's a guarantee. So be encouraged, brothers and sisters. Jesus lives, and you will live. In John 14, Jesus tells his disciples, because I live, you also will live. Be encouraged because of the resurrection of Jesus, which makes possible the resurrection of the dead. We can live too. And we don't have to grieve for others the way that this world grieves, right? Even though we have grief, even though there is suffering and trials in this world, even though we have to count it joy when it's not always easy to, we can rejoice because there is life. God gives us life. And we know that if we're in him, then we'll be with him and with those loved ones in him forever. And that is an encouraging thought. We will be with him forever. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians again. Um, chapter 5, starting in verse 9. says, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, meaning living or dead, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. Be encouraged. We can live with him. He makes it possible because of what Jesus did. We can rise with him and we can live. And that, that joy is just like hope. That earthly joy just says, remove my discomfort and I'll be happy. If I'm happy, then I'll be joyful. But happiness is so transient it's just so fleeting you can't capture it and hold on to it forever but that biblical joy again is so different i always think of this picture from 
my childhood um, of this time that I was on. I was at my grandparents' farm, actually. They had a, this creek that went by their house, and there was a portion of it that was just mud. Like, you couldn't even see any water in it. And one day, when I was maybe six or seven years old, I walked out on top of that mud to the middle of it all. And I was so tiny, like I didn't sink in the mud until I stopped moving. I think I was just trying to get some attention. <laughs> I was standing out there in the middle and finally I started sinking. I just kept sinking and I kept sinking. <laughs> and I was terrified because for one, when you watch cartoons as a little kid, it's, it looks like quicksand is a real thing that you're going to see sometime in your life, right? Like I thought it was just going to keep going and I was going to drown in this mud and no one was paying attention. No one even knew I was about to drown in the mud. <laughs> but then even as the mud went higher and higher, my feet touched solid ground. <sighs> I, was, I was so relieved. I think I laughed out loud with joy because I wasn't going to die in that mud. <laughs> I had a solid foundation I could stand on. And that brings joy. I think happiness is like that film of water on top of that, <laughs> that creek. You can maybe scoop a little into your hand. You can't even hold on to it. It's gone. It's going to be gone as soon as the wind starts blowing. It doesn't do us any good. And maybe you're sinking in that mud. Maybe you feel this grief and this pain and these troubles that I'm supposed to count as joy just keep piling up and up and up and I'm going to drown in this. But even in that, we can stand on the firm foundation. God's truth never changes. Our God's character never changes. He was good. Be encouraged. Your God is good and he stands firm. And no matter how much mud you might feel like is overtaking everything else, you are standing on solid ground. Your God never changes. He is alive. He was faithful and he still is faithful. He will always be faithful to you. He is so good and he's unchanging. Flip back to Romans. We're going to go to chapter 6 now. Romans 6, 3 says, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, excuse me, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who's died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We will also live with him. We can be encouraged no matter what else is going on. We can have that joy because we can live with Christ. No matter how much sin was going on in our life, no matter what else was going on, that sin is like an addiction that feels good for a moment and it just kills us slowly and it brings us eternal death and we're slaves to it like an addiction. We're slaves to sin. 
but Christ, who died for us and lives again. We can die. We, our old selves, that sinful self, can be dead and completely done away with and gone. So be encouraged because you can have new life. If you're in Christ, you already have new life, a new, clean, free, fresh life in Christ. And I've been preaching to Christians, but if you don't have that yet, you can have that right now. It's free. Salvation is free. The Christian life does have a cost. You have to repent of your sin. You have to live for Christ. That salvation is free, and it's for us. We can have it right now. Be encouraged. God gives us, he offers us that free life. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57 says, But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory. He gives us victory over sin and over death and over the sin, our sin's consequences. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain. I think maybe that's the most discouraging thing that we have to deal with when we're laboring. And we're laboring for God and we know we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, but it's this labor day after day, decade after decade, and it feels like that harvest is never coming, right? Have you ever heard that phrase, the thing about life is that it's so daily? <laughs> I resonate with that one. <laughs> it feels like it'd be so easy, like just to be a martyr, you know? All I have to do is make it through today. <laughs> it might be really hard, but I can do this one big thing for God. And then I'm done. I don't have to worry about anything else. But when we have to do it day after day after day, and it wears away at us, and it becomes year after year, and we're getting worn down. We still have the promises of God. We still have these biblical encouragements that never change. We still have that firm foundation to stand on. He says your labor is not in vain. Galatians 6, 9 says, don't become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. He says there's a harvest that's coming. There is still a harvest. You might not see it yet, but it's coming. He promises, and his promises never fail. So keep going. Keep going. I know it might be wearying. I know. I'm not preaching just from things that I've read or heard from other people. I promise you. I've seen God's faithfulness myself. No matter how much mud I've been stuck in, he is still good. His promises are still true. Second Corinthians in chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Say, therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. 
How significant is that? Our troubles that we're sinking in sometimes are only light. They're momentary in comparison with eternity. This isn't all we've been created for. Our God lives and he's coming back for us. There is more. There is hope. There is joy. Biblical joy. Those are the eternal things. It's so easy to focus on the things that we can see. It looks like, like we're wasting away. It looks like those promises aren't going to be true. Don't you know it's when we look at the eternal things, that's when we can find contentment? When we focus on what's eternal, we can find contentment. It might feel less real. The, the spiritual things, the promises, whatever it is, those things don't look as real. And yet those are the things that last. You may only see the fruit of salvation. You might not see the thing itself, but that's an eternal thing, a spiritual thing that we should focus on. We can rejoice in because that lasts. It's a promise from God. God's promises are the same as that. They might not look real. They might not look like it's happening. And yet we can stand on it. God's promises never fail. He never fails. So hold unswervingly, brothers and sisters. Hold unswervingly to the faith that you profess. Because he who promised is faithful. If he said it, he will do it. And if you belong to Jesus, then his promises are for you. You can stand on it. Be encouraged. His promises are eternal. They're true. He never changes. So whatever's going on, you have this biblical encouragement that you can stand on. Remember. It never changes. Your God lives, and he raises you up to life too. I want to give you the final instructions that Paul gives in 1 Thessalonians. Let's see. So in chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians, Paul says, Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle. Encourage the timid. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. Does that feel like a list of rules to you? This is what a Spirit-filled life should look like. This is what should come naturally to us because we have a new nature, because that old self is dead and now we have a new life in Christ. This is what a new life should look like. And yeah, we do have to work sometimes, but it's the Holy Spirit that does the work in us. So be encouraged because the pressure isn't on you. God wants to work in your life. He wants to make your life look like this. All we have to do is allow him to, to choose even in those daily things, 
to allow him to work in us. I'm going to pray this benediction that Paul writes next over you, and then I'm going to hand this back to Pastor Larry. Uh-huh. So let me, let me pray really quick. Lord God, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are the God of peace. I ask you to sanctify these people through and through. May their whole spirits, souls, and bodies be kept blameless at your coming, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that you are faithful. Thank you that you have called us and that what you say, you do. God, be gracious to us. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.